This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I am flying right now because I had too much coffee and I feel sick. <laughs> you you look terrible. You're sweating profusely. Projectile sweating. You know what? I told you. I'm we in a tailspin. We should have done this intro about a half hour ago. You know before what? Before the last three cups of coffee. Well, here's the thing. I'm always on the brink. I, I'm like perfectly, I go from perfectly caffeinated to ill within about half a cup. And yeah. I got to be very careful at how I do it. But uh, And you're about a cup deep cup too too many deep right i'm now. on the wrong side of history this morning <laughs> we'll get through it well yeah. who, let's, let's let's move along then anyways that was a great show <laughs> i'll be in bed for the afternoon no we got an amazing show today we've got elizabeth milder and cole skelly from expansion properties yeah now this is a really interesting one uh and and this is pretty unique to our show i think this is one of the few times we've had on what would you say kind of Mom and pop investors that yep. are aspiring to enormous Here, here's, things. Here's what I would say, Matt. I yeah. would say that this started with a modest pre-sale investment where they made a slight profit. And through strategy, these two have turned it into a process where now they've both left their full-time jobs and they are real estate investors full-time now. That's right. And the other exciting, short period of time. And the other exciting thing about these guys is they operate on the island. They operate in Victoria. Right. Which, you know, everybody across BC and in other markets as well for the last four or five years have been searching in vain for cash flow. These guys only buy cash flowing properties and they do it with a very specific strategy. Right. 
So stay tuned for that. You're going to learn a lot, and uh, it's just a great conversation. Yeah, Very, these guys are these guys are really interesting. So. Yeah, really interesting conversation. But before we get to that, Matt, you're looking very limber. I am. You know what? Thanks for all your guys' emails. Yeah. And, uh, so many people reached out so about many, your yoga for guys that can't do yoga. Yeah, so many people are, are curious to see how the stiff yoga thing went. There will be a photo of Matt downward dogging on our website. I did it again last night. Um, and uh, yeah, yoga. Believe the hype. That's the uh, consensus. Four classes in here. Believe the hype. I mean, last night I left this class at 9.30, got in my car. Right. Sat in silence by myself for 10 minutes. I haven't done that in my Meditating? life. No, I just felt really calm. And, uh, you know, usually I have to have like either music or a podcast. Like my wife will say like, you can't just be with you yourself. Yeah, you can't and, be present. Uh, I've learned, yeah, I'm not present. And I also can't be by myself or with myself. Right. Uh, and now you're, you're a tough guy to be with, <laughs> to, be, to and, be fair. And now... I was. Uh, I spent ten solid minutes with myself last night, and it was. Uh, it wasn't as it bad was, as I it thought. It was agonizing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yoga's really helping, though. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. We're 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 happy for you for that as well. And we are. We're coming up on December. This is the time where people pull back from real estate. They uh, focus on families and friends. And uh, we've got some exciting guests coming for the yeah. new year. We've been reflecting as well. Well, also and- we should say we have some exciting guests for December. So don't uh, don't. Tune Don't. out this podcast for the month of December because no, you're gonna sure. you're gonna miss some really good conversations. Yeah, amazing guests like Gordon Price. We've got developer Richard Whitstock coming. We've got Janet LePage, an investor that went from zero properties to five thousand properties in a very short period of time. Really, really no exciting. big whoop. Yeah, no big she whoop. was the entrepreneur of the year for Ernst and Young. Yeah, yeah. Um, no again, big, no big deal. No big yeah. deal. But uh, we, we're talk- we've got some amazing people coming up. We're super excited. But Matt, without further ado, why don't we talk to this week's guests, Cole and Elizabeth? Cole and Elizabeth, they're amazing too. So stay tuned for this. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Elizabeth Milder and Cole Skelly from Expansion Properties. Uh, they are real estate investors. Welcome to the show. Hi. Th- yeah, thank you so much for having us on. We're really excited to uh, chat with you guys. Yeah, we've been listening to your podcast for a while, and it's always been a thing. We said we want to talk to those guys one day, and <laughs> yeah. here we are. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for taking the thanks for taking the time for sure. Maybe can we start just by uh, you folks telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Why don't you start? Cole? Sure. I was born and raised in on the island here. I grew up in a small town called Shawnigan Lake. I moved down to Victoria about 15 years ago. And I spent the last 14 years actually working in the oil field while, while doing real estate on the side kind of thing. And I just uh, quit the oil field last January. So that's wow. the, what were, the long and the short. Yeah. Cool. In a nutshell. Yeah. What were you doing in, in the oil fields, Cole? Just out of curiosity. So I actually started, I started as a roughneck, basically digging ditches and doing stuff like that. I worked my way up to a driller. I was drilling within about three years on a drilling rig. And then when I left, I was actually a rig manager. So the last four years, I managed a rig with about 25 guys all over northern Alberta, Saskatchewan, northern BC, everywhere. (laughs) And and you quit to, to focus exclusively on real estate exclusively yeah it just became too too much for us we couldn't couldn't do it and i i love the real estate aspect of it and 
I didn't like working in Alberta anymore and being away all the time. And we got to the point where where we're at now that our properties are definitely helping paying some of our bills and stuff like that. So it gave us the freedom to me, me leave my job, focus on this full time because everything's just been part time in the past. Right on. And and you, Elizabeth, it sounds like you guys have uh, known each other for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have a very different, very different background. I'm actually originally from California. I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. Um, but I moved initially, I moved to Canada in 2003 and ended up going to university uh, at the University of Victoria and uh, kind of bounced around for a while. I moved abroad and lived uh, both in Scotland and Ireland at different times. And Tried moving back to California at one point, but realized that it really, it just didn't feel uh, home to me anymore. So I came back to Victoria in 2011, and that's when Cole and I uh, met. And um, I actually, so we met before this, but I actually worked up north in Alberta um, as well for for a few years um, and actually just transitioned back to the island full time about two years ago um, uh, with, with a company uh, based in Nanaimo, actually up island, but yeah, so, so we met and, um, you know, dated, dated for a while kind of off and on and, and then really, you know, made the, uh, relationship commitment, I guess, and then just started to invest in, in real estate together. And, uh, things have really kind of taken off over the last, I guess it's, yeah, five years now. Yeah. So you guys have actually done what a lot of people, it sounds like uh, there's a lot of people that listen to this program that their goal is to kind of pull back from what they're doing, their nine to five perhaps, and and focus on real estate exclusively. Um, so can, can you maybe tell us, first of all, why real estate? Yeah, well, <laughs> why real estate? Um, I guess what I appreciate the most about it is that you can self-educate and and really your success, I think your success in real estate, a lot of it comes from that education and it's information that's free, that's, you know, easily available, especially now with, for instance, your podcast um, and and others, like there's so much information out there and and really to be successful, it's it's just not just a matter, but it's just a matter of understanding your, your market. And again, those are things that you can educate yourself with and you know, there's so much opportunity. There's so many different avenues that you can go down. Uh, Cole and I are both Gemini's and th- that type of thing uh, appeals to us. We 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 both um, kind of not, maybe not bore easily, but, you know, we we like to have different different options, I guess. And, and real estate offers that. Right. And I would I would say that it's just two regular people can do it. We are, we don't come from wealthy families or anything like that. This has just been hard work and basically digging in the trenches for the most part. And it all started with one, a condo kind of thing. Right. And then you, the projects just keep getting bigger and bigger. So it's one of those things that it's attainable to everybody. Yeah. And and can you walk through your first purchase like the the first condo that you guys what attracted you to the condo and and what was the sale and outcome of that deal so the first condo i would i actually bought it when i was 20 20, 21 actually and then it it was a pre-sale condo so it was dirt in the ground basically i lived in it for about six months sold that and made probably about seventy thousand dollars on appreciation just over the year that it was being built and put that money into 
a single family house and threw a suite into that house kind of thing. And that's that's the house I lived in up until about well, until, uh, we, started until we started together. investing together. Yeah. So about five, six years ago. And we still own that house today. It's an up and down duplex. And we Elizabeth and I, yeah, <laughs> Elizabeth and I, the project just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, we ended up well, the house we're living in now, it had major major foundation issues, so we lifted it off its foundation, put a full basement suite under it, redid the whole thing. Um, after that, what did we do? We did a flip. Did a flip in Fairfield with uh, friends of ours, actually. Yeah, and then that that turned into the last couple of uh, character conversions that that we've done. So Cole basically started this, you know, in in purchasing that condo. Um, he he basically got things off the the ground for us, I guess, so to speak, um, and and learned that skill set and and learned that uh, the potential, I guess, that was in doing uh, renovations. And then, of course, over the last few years, we've learned um, how to really make those renovations lucrative. And and the way that that we've identified kind of the best way of doing that is adding square footage. So and and you guys will appreciate too, because I've heard you say this over and over again in, in the podcast, but our focus is cash flow. Like we, we strongly believe that that is uh, kind of the fundamental uh, or a fundamental piece to real estate investing is making sure that you have uh, a cash flowing property. Right. So, so you guys are on the island in Victoria. Victoria over the last five years has seen incredible growth, very similar to, to Vancouver. I think it's potentially a little bit easier to cash flow still in Victoria. I, I might be wrong about that. But can you kind of talk about, you know, creating cash flow in a market like Victoria and also w- how you guys go about investing, what you're looking for in a property and kind of walk us through the process? So I would say the Victoria market today, it is it is hard to find a cash flowing property. Um, I, you, I could almost say that you won't find a cash flowing property. A turnkey cash flow property. Yeah. Right. Uh, basically, so we we just found that we we couldn't find a turnkey cash flowing property, but you can create or build your own cash flowing property, which is what we've been doing. And there's there's a niche because there's not a whole lot of people that will do the renovations that we do. So the first first one we did was uh it was actually three three housekeeping units and had an illegal basement suite that was, I don't know, five feet high. Yeah. <laughs> Typical in Vancouver as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so basically what we've we've found is we bought that property for, I don't know, we paid about seven hundred thousand for it and we gutted the whole property, dug the basement out. So we added probably about a thousand square feet to that property and turned it into a legal a legal triplex and then uh, rented rented those three units. Yeah. So to answer your question with respect to like our, our model, I guess, really is we we look for properties that have the potential for adding square footage. So the rental um, properties that we have, we've dug down the basements, but Cole mentioned a flip that we did with friends, which was a similar character conversion. But with that one, we actually lifted the house to create that that uh, square footage. So that is the the um, the foundation, I guess, of our our model is is finding properties with 
that ability to add square footage because that it, it's an immediate equity gain. Right. Um, obviously, there are other ways that you can do that. And, you know, there's this this whole idea of doing like lipstick renos and that kind of thing. And, and there is value that you can add there. But it's undeniable the amount of value that you're adding if you're adding a thousand square feet to a property. So um, and then, of course, turning around and, and sweeting them. So all of our units, we um, build them in such a way that they are completely separate. They've got their own, you know, own laundry, uh, separate utilities, all that kind of stuff so that they they're totally uh, in, independent. And that that in itself adds value as well. So that's, that's phenomenal advice. And it's funny, Matt and I actually were just talking about it the other day and we've talked about it on the program before this idea of of also adding bedrooms and bathrooms to properties to try and take them out of, so like a larger one bedroom that you can frame in a second bedroom if there's an opportunity or convert potentially a den into a bedroom Um, or adding a, adding a half bath or a a full bath of course as well puts you into that, that next price band, which, uh, which is really great. Um, One we saw actually very recently was uh, a warehouse conversion loft building where somebody had had the overheight ceilings, but they hadn't capitalized on actually creating the unauthorized loft space, um, which then you're dealing with unauthorized square footage, but you're creating a much more livable space. So even in the condo market, there's huge opportunities for this as well. So it's a it's a great idea. Yeah. And okay. we've, we've also found, um, it's funny that you brought that up, when our two bedrooms, so we squeaked in a den on two of the units we have. So they're now a two bedroom and den. It's a small den, like basically an office. But those units, they rented the first and they're probably the, one of the most popular. Our tenants have been there. We haven't had any turnover, actually, just because it's that third kind of flex flex room that they can throw a bed in if they have company or anything like that. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing, too, is that the first one that we did, we hemmed and hawed over it quite a bit because we we couldn't decide, you know, do people want a third separate space or would they prefer to have larger bedrooms? And that was um, undeniably answered just in the amount of demand that we had for those two plus den uh, units. So I, I agree, adding even sometimes just adding bedrooms uh, is, and and of course, not everyone has the same opportunity necessarily right off the bat to do these uh, large renovations. So that's often what my suggestion is. If if you have a space and there is an opportunity to just throw in a wall and add another room or, or um, you know, like you said, bathroom, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about how you guys are, uh, are approaching the work itself? Um, are you, are you GCing these projects or are you guys actually on the tools or how, how does that on, on, unfold well that's been an evolution (laughs) i'd say now we we gc but uh you know years ago especially with that first conversion that we did together we were more on the tools um but now that we're trying to scale and do this um you know do more of these we're we're learning the process of removing ourselves more and more we still are project managing the properties though and we're just basically putting putting the pieces together um, we do have a couple excavators too, so we'll do we'll do the excavating of the basements and stuff like that. We just found that the, there is a couple companies in Victoria actually that do it, and the price that they wanted to do it for was just ridiculous. So we we decided to take it out upon ourselves and just find the engineer, the carpenter, um, everybody that's done it and 
put those pieces together and we saved probably a hundred percent on what they wanted to charge us wow. to do it so for yeah to to give you an example of numbers one of the houses that we had this uh quoted on um we had already dug out half of the basement and they wanted what was it 80 grand 80, to do the rest of it and we ended up in the end we probably spent about 25 to accomplish the same thing so that was a huge turning point. I mean, we already knew, obviously, that yeah, hiring a contractor to, to do anything. I mean, they've got to make their money, too. So there there would be an inflated expense there. But we didn't realize to what degree. Um, and, and that has informed a lot of our, uh, you know, decision, decisions from there. So. Wow. And, and typically, are, are you taking on more than one project at a time right now? Or is it kind of the approach of, of get a project, put your head down? take it on full speed and then and then move on to the next? Well, it's been the case that we've done one at a time just because Cole and I both have been working full time and there's only so much that you can do on the side. Um, however, we're in a position now where we would like to have multiple projects. So we've got these two new houses that we're building now. In a perfect world, we would have a character conversion at the same time. So we are very aggressively <laughs> pursuing that right now. Um, so hopefully, you know, before the end of the year, we'll have another project going. And I, in a perfect world, our plan, we we would like to have two sides of our, of our business. Um, and that would be to continue to invest in these character conversions uh, and uh, continue our buy and hold strategy, but at the same time have new construction going on as well to help uh, support that and to generate more capital to be able to do that. And and so I'm just a little unclear here in terms of buying and holding. So it sounds like you're you're buying properties, you're improving uh, the structure, and you're renting them out primarily, or have you been selling them as well? So we've we've sold. <laughs> so right now we've kept kept everything we've done for the character convergence. So right now we have we have an up and down duplex, we have a triplex. And the last one we just finished is a fourplex, but we have done a flip, which was, that was sold and another house we, we've sold. So, so a lot of people listening are, um, especially with the, with the stress tests that came out earlier this year are going to be very impressed by how you guys have kind of taken this from, you know, a single condo and, and growing it. Uh, at at the pace that you've you've moved, do you have any tips for people that are are having challenges with financing? Oh God, financing! <laughs> <laughs> or this should be oh. another podcast topic. You know, even just tips in general about people that are are trying to emulate what you, what you guys have achieved. I I'd say one one really big thing is really just for for anyone who's starting out is to really have a good handle on what their financial picture even is. It it's, it often surprises me how people may you know maybe they're going to like meetup groups or whatever and they're interested in real estate investing but when you sit down and ask them the questions of well what do you what do your finances look like and what money do you have to put towards it or what can you qualify for they really have no idea. So that would be my biggest thing is really get a good understanding of where you're, where you're sitting. Um, obviously, you need to know that before you can even know where you can invest. Um, I don't know if there's something you want to add. One thing that's definitely helped us is these renovations we're doing, they're three, $400,000 renovations. We aren't 
we don't have that kind of money. So the way we've been financing them is with construction mortgages, which not not a whole lot of people even know about. It's mm-hmm. a little complicated and it was complicated at first. You have to come up with budgets and floor plans and it's after repair value yeah what you expect market rents to be and there's a lot there's a lot of uh, research and stuff that goes into it but find find a mortgage broker that does it and that has done it and that has helped us immensely Yeah. yeah and we've just been finding those properties that you can actually add that value to so you can pull your money out at the end of the project on the refi yeah, so I'm glad you asked that that question because this this really is key. I, I actually recently just wrote a, a guest blog post just about this. So uh, it's badass women women investors, but it literally breaks down what this process is, and and this really has been um, critical to our uh, you know ability to now have multiple properties. Essentially, what we're doing is you go in, you start you start out a project like like we said, you have to justify. Um, the improvement cost to the bank. So we submit a budget giving a breakdown of what we expect um, that construction cost to be. You have to guesstimate what the after repair value will be, of course, at the outset too, because you want to make sure that you're going to be able to add enough value to the property that um, that its value is actually higher than your initial cost. Um, so again, there is. it's not to say that it's easy. There's a lot that goes into it. But, it, but again, back to what I was saying before, it's all doable because it's all information that's, that's, you know, uh, publicly available. Right. Um, so anyway, so the, the process, basically you, you get that draw mortgage, you have to have a certain amount of cash up front to start the construction process. But then the way the banks do this is they'll look at your, um, percentage, uh, to completion and they'll essentially, allow you to draw money against that mortgage in relation to your your percentage to complete. So if you're 50% complete, say you'd get an equal amount of proceeds back. And then because of the massive value that we're adding at the at the end of the project, our mortgage value is far less, including that construction, is far less than the actual after repair value of the property. So depending on which project we're talking about, um, we've been able to pull out most of our cash investment by doing a refinance. So the one thing that that people obviously need to keep in mind as well, that process demands that you have um, the ability to qualify for that refinance after. Cole and I in addition to you know all these little steps that we've taken in real estate, it has also helped um, in the fact that we both had high-paying jobs. Right. So that's, I mean, here we are talking about. I'm supposed to be at giving tips for financing, and um, I, I will say that it that is challenging. Um, but I guess the other thing that I would encourage encourage people to look into is this idea of creative financing and find find partners if need be. That's something that Cole and I are you know, working on now so that we can continue to expand our business. Uh, and and that, again, will be a, a critical piece to our, um, you know, to expansion properties continuing in, in the future. Can you maybe talk a little bit about some of your mistakes that you've made along the way? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Cole. <laughs> Which where, one? Where do you want to start? <laughs> 
knowing knowing who to trust is a big one. Trades you can get taken advantage of really easy easily with with trades, and it's it's happened to us through people we thought that were friends, like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars gone kind of thing because we didn't have a good contract written or a good understanding of who was going to do what. Um, that is probably one of the biggest, and we're now thankful that we've built a good team of trades to mm-hmm. kind of mitigate those risks now. Um, and we've been building those relationships and using using the same people now. But we definitely there was a lot of a lot of lessons learned there. along along those and, lines. And and how did you? So just I'm sure somebody out there is wondering, like, when you get are you getting quotes and and presumably now you have the whole team in place and and you know these guys these people well and and you can trust what they're charging you but but how without kind of losing 15 20k how do you go about um making sure that you're the price is correct we we just do a price comparison so typically especially on any large things we're getting three or four quotes just to to get an idea of you know, um, yeah, where the where the market is ultimately trades right now because we're we're in a bit of a labor shortage and there is so much construction sure. going on. Things things are a little bit pricier, but it's really easy to identify if there's you know an an outlier as opposed to what is actually what the you know market the current market supports. Um, so so that's big. And I'd say the other mistake that we made along the way as well, just to add to that. Um, that we've refined is like we mentioned that whole budgeting process. That's a hard thing at times to come up with an accurate, uh, you know, an accurate budget to estimate what these large construction projects are are going to cost. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've found ways to build in contingencies into the budget so that we're protected. So when we're um, forecasting what that cost will be at the end, we're a hell of a lot closer now than say our first one. Um, so really that's a matter of, we add a few areas where we're just throwing in extra cash to, to cover unknowns because with these renovations, nine times out of 10, I'd say you're running into some sort of unknown, you know, the magnitude can be, uh, different, but you never know what you're going to get. And then the other thing is we just add a 10, 10%, um, to the overall budget cost, uh, again, just to, to have a bit of a buffer. And by doing that, we, we can say that we're well within, I don't know how how many percent or whatever on a budget, but we're usually pretty much on the mark now. So that, that has been huge figure, figuring that out. Hey, you, you, you kind of learn that along the way after you do, like after we did our first big project, we kind of had a baseline of numbers to go off of. So getting quotes after, after the fact, you, you know, where, where they should be. But with where trades are right now and how busy they are, you can go get a number from one guy and he will give you a number that is 100% more than another guy just because he has so much work. Right. He doesn't actually want the job, but he'll throw the number out there. And if you take it, he'll squeeze it in anyway. So you definitely have to be careful. That's what yeah. right now. We, we have... Um a family member in a different city who's in the trades and he just uh, was involved in bidding on a job and he said his price was so he definitely could go on holidays and he still got the job. Um, so that's definitely <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, so there is, there's a lot. There's a lot of that. Yeah. 
so can we maybe talk a little bit because one thing that we see with with uh, with people that we've worked with over the years that have gotten into development is often their due diligence process changes quite a bit up front before they remove conditions. Have you found that you uh, the way that you approach a property before removing conditions has changed? And is there any tips or tricks that you have for our listeners? Yeah, I you know what I and maybe this just comes more from our personal backgrounds, I guess. I wouldn't say that our due diligence model has actually changed. Um, one thing we have found though, with um, the market being you know what it is, you're you're often under the gun when you're when you're you know putting in an offer. Right. But I, I guess the one thing that I would say to that is that Cole and I, we we have the model that we use and things that we're looking for at the outset. And we've been very committed to that. So even under strenuous circumstances, trying to get stuff figured out to, to um, uh, remove conditions on a property, but we would rather walk away from, from a project than make a knee-jerk decision and potentially suffer the consequences. Yeah, no that that uh, that's that's good advice for sure. Definitely don't get it, let emotion get involved. No, exactly, and that and I guess maybe that was a bit of a, a learning because at the beginning we were a little bit more we'd be more disappointed if a project um, didn't pan out for whatever reason, and and now we just take it in stride. We know that you know in the last month we've probably put in six offers on different properties and they haven't come through we no longer get discouraged by that. So, so I guess that's a p- bit of advice too, is just understand that sometimes when it comes to real estate investing, it is a matter of just n- numbers and volume of, you know, offers that you're putting out before something actually comes back and is, is viable. And yeah. And we've, we've talked about this, this idea of being a disciplined investor and, and it's a really a skill actually being able to pull back and, uh, and just making sure that you're making the right decision as well. Well, and, and just thinking further on that, two things that strike me as from what you guys are talking about here is, is one kind of putting in that sweat equity, pounding the pavement and actually, you know, writing those offers in order to get those good deals. But then also it sounds like, uh, through this process, the kind of, and we see it all the time too, with especially people that are just getting involved, it's kind of fudging the numbers a little bit pie in the sky, you know, potentially like, like when you're talking about that contingency you're building in now that at first you weren't, um, kind of making sure you're grounded in, in the reality because there's a, there's always a lot of costs that you're not going to expect the first time around. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's an, it's an interesting thing too, that you said there too, with, with, you know, people like fudging the numbers. This is one thing that we are in conversation with people about a lot when it comes to renting units, because the, the tenancy environment right now is not necessarily really, um, um, friendly to landlords. Right. And often what we find with people choosing renters sometimes is they'll, um, they'll give a little bit on their standards or, they'll tell a potential tenant something because they're trying to attract them. And what, what we, you know, we've repeated this often with other investor friends and stuff like that of ours to say that you can't, you can't do that in the end, you're only hurting yourself. And it comes, you know, it comes down to the same thing with due diligence because so many people get caught up in the emotion. You may be in a position where you want to inflate some numbers or, 
um, make it seem like an investment is better than it is. But at the end of the day, that's only going to cost you. So yeah. it, it really, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You have to be brutally honest when it comes to, you know, any piece of that investment, whether it's looking at renters or at the outset, looking at what the project numbers are. And and that's great advice because I, in real estate, at least in my experience, I find there's there's two types of people. There's the people that are are kind of overly critical, and they're generally not real estate investors um, uh, of the numbers and really negative on everything. The the people that often I find myself working with are really excited to get going. Right, they're really excited to get into a project. Yeah. They're, they they want the numbers to make sense. They're really hoping the numbers make sense, and sometimes just pulling back on on that and really you know being brutally honest with yourself um, is is a good thing. Totally, and and we'll, I'll add one thing: we we constantly see people that add capital gains to their uh, to their numbers as well, just because they've been oh. watching the market go crazy in Vancouver, and it's like. You know, just because it happened in the past, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future, right? I mean, if anything, you should be doing the opposite like you guys are doing and adding a contingency. Yeah, yeah. we don't we don't bank on appreciation at all. We we hope it's going to be there. We kind of know it's going to be there eventually, but we do not bank on that going into the project. Not not at all. It's it doesn't factor into our decision at all. The thing that we're looking at is is that cash flow, and if it doesn't. If it doesn't cash flow and we have certain numbers that we're trying to reach, if it doesn't meet it, that then it's dead in the water. Right. You're only hurting your, yourself when you do that because you can't move on to the next project. You might, you probably will. You'll get that project done. You might be a little bit negative cash flow. You probably spend more money than you should have, but now you're kind of stuck with that property and you can't move on to the next property. It's a fine, fine line. And and just thinking uh, here about because you guys are landlords, you have it sounds like quite a few tenants. Um, do you use a property manager, or are you guys looking after those units yourself? Uh, so far, we're we're still looking after the units, and I imagine we will probably for we could we could easily double our our tenant profile and and uh, and still manage the properties ourselves. Um, but what that comes from is having a really solid tenant screening process. So um, we don't use a property manager, but we use a tenant screening system called Neighborly uh, that's actually based out of Toronto. You know, it's a credit check, but there's also a criminal check uh, as a part of it. Um, and it looks, it's it's artificial intelligence too, so that it it basically draws information from multiple sources and gives you a really good risk analysis of a pers- prospective tenant that that has been tremendously helpful. Cole and I essentially had done all those things on our own before, but you can imagine when you're, you know, doing BC court searches and Facebook searches and uh, I don't know, Google searches <laughs> yeah. and calling land or previous landlords and calling employment, like all that. And, you know, it, it ends up being a massive uh, input of time. So using neighborly has helped to streamline that process, but then we've also held on to our reference checking. So this is something I, I cannot I cannot stress enough. Cole and I have a worksheet that we use that has the questions that we ask, whether it's a previous landlord reference or an employment reference or a personal reference. And we stick to that. So I think I'm hearing I'm hearing in myself actually a common theme here is that 
we set these standards and we do not deviate from them regardless of the circumstances. And again, that's one of the things that we had to learn the hard way. What what we found is in most or in any situation really where we have been a little bit more lenient, it's come back to bite us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't had ma- any major catastrophes, but en- enough that we learned that you you just you can't do that. Um, so yeah, we've we've retained that that property management piece, and because of that really heavy input of time at the outset when it comes to tenant screening, you know, we have amazing amazing tenants. I think part of that too is we put a lot of value into the units that we create. We, uh, you know, Cole and I, I, I would say that we, we go ab- above and beyond what a lot of people do. And, and some people, even to the point of criticism, they think that we do too much um, because, you know, if, if we spent a little bit less money, we could make a little bit more. But ultimately the way that we look at it is this is a long-term investment and we want to be proud about the units that we're offering as homes to people to people to live in. So we will, for instance, you know, spend, you know, a considerable amount of money on soundproofing because we know at the end of the day, would we be happy living in a unit if we could hear our next door or downstairs neighbor, I don't know, watching TV or whatever? Um, Probably not. So why would, why would we want to offer that as a home to someone else? Right. And, and turn, turnover is costly and, and time consuming. Yes. But it, it's funny when uh, just listening to your your response there, uh, really front loading the effort I think is is great advice when when screening tenants right. It, it, you, if you're able to put in that time to make sure you're getting somebody that you're really comfortable with, nine times out of ten, um, you, you know it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. I find front loading on almost everything in real estate is everything. is a good yeah. approach for sure. Yeah, agreed. And and that honestly, if there was one thing that I had to teach to a prospective landlord, that that would be it. The the you save so much in the end by doing that. And Cole and I have essentially zero turnover as a result. And we have really happy tenants, Um, you know, and that just means that we're not getting the phone calls to uh, unplug my toilet or replace a light bulb or. You, you know what I mean? We we really and, and that has allowed us the opportunity of retaining our property management and saving that cost. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the really interesting point there, I think, as well, is is it's going to allow you guys to scale because you won't be focused on the things that take you away from what you do well, which is actually finding properties, running the numbers, making sure that there's opportunities. Right. Well, and, and if I can exactly. just add to that, I mean, it's going to allow you to scale. It's also uh, and we've heard time and time again, those early days uh, and it sounds like you guys are well past this part of your, in your in your journey but it's those early days if you have really terrible experiences it's enough to just you know get out of the game entirely right like we uh, we've had a lot of investors the over the years that that they're getting they're they're maybe coming to us to get back on the horse because they've been off it because they they had that experience oh i had a i had a couple properties in the 90s and uh, i couldn't yeah. stand being a landlord Right. Well, and being a landlord is if you're doing it correctly, can can it's, be very it's, enjoyable. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And if we if we ran away or if we stopped doing what we were doing every time we had an issue or a problem, we wouldn't be where we are today. Right. We've always 
kept going. Like I'll tell you a little story about our last project is when we go to, we went to dig out the basement. So we talked to geotech engineers, everybody prior to about digging out this basement. They're like, yeah, there might be a little bit of, a little bit of rock in the basement that you have to deal with up at the front of the house. So Elizabeth and I actually personally dug test holes, test holes all the way around the foundation of the house. And we thought, okay, well, there's probably 10, 10% rock in the front of this house judging by our test holes because the basement was finished um, at the time we were had an accepted offer on it. So we actually, we buy the house, we break out the slab, we start digging, we get probably 30, 30% into the basement and it was all bedrock. <laughs> so now, so now we have this house, it was about a 2000 square foot house with an unfinished basement. And we start digging in the basement thinking we're going to add this thousand square feet we're going to get four units out of this place and we hit rock so a lot of people at that point would i don't know what you throw do. it and in we 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 thought about it too we're like oh we're screwed we're screwed and it wasn't even when it wasn't even two days later that we were on the phone and just figured out how to get by that and we ended up purchasing an excavator with a jackhammer and everything else talked to the geotech engineer and a blasting company and just figured out how how to get around this problem it's yeah it's one it's one of those things that you just you have to do it you have to figure it out and you can't give up right yeah and this is you know it's it's one thing that I've learned that I I can really um thank Cole for this he is a very he's very level-headed and I don't know if you guys have come across this but when it comes to really any any sort of partnership I think the best the best partnerships um are those that you know, the two people have distinct skill sets. Um, I am pretty high strung. Cole is definitely not. So in situations <laughs> like that, I I rely heavily on him to be the one that, that um, you know, is is grounded and doesn't fly off the handle. Um, and that's, that's huge. So I, I guess my point in saying that is anyone out there who is investing or looking to invest, it's really important to have someone that you can use as a sounding board to help calm those fears as as they arise. Um, that will help, you know, help to see you through that whatever those those problems are that come up. Yeah, and I mean, we, Matt and I always talk about how real estate really is putting out fires as both a realtor and as an investor. And uh, there's a lot of fires to be put out. So, so being level-headed and and just showing up is is part of it. But also, but also having uh, distinct skill sets, I think, is another interesting point there because you know they often say with part good partnerships, it's one plus one equals three, right? And uh, yeah. and knowing where your strengths lie and being able to rely on on the other person is 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 great. Um, changing gears a little bit here. Victoria, like Vancouver, and I said it earlier, has been a market that where you've seen incredible appreciation over the last four or five years. It's been it's been a real hot market. It's slowed down this year, uh, along with Vancouver. What what are your guys' approach to timing markets? Um, <laughs> we don't, <laughs> <laughs> and and. It's it's funny because yeah this has come up a lot lately and and we always say the same thing like you're crazy if you're trying to time the real estate market and and that's why we rely so heavily on that idea of finding not finding cash flowing properties but finding properties that we can make cash flow right um, because then you're not 
you, you, not that you're not worried about that. I mean, it's still obviously it's it's something front and center, but but it's it doesn't drive your investment decision per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I'd be lying if we said we weren't worried about the market, like building these two new single family houses we're building, we're building these on spec and Elizabeth and I actually hummed and hawed about it, not building it because there was a side-by-side duplex on the property. So we thought about not building it out and we just decided to demo it. We're building these two houses out because we got, we were, you, you will always try and talk yourself out of something and you will never actually do it. Do yeah. it. So we're, we're building them out. Worst case scenario, we'll move into one and we'll rent the other or we'll rent both. Still, there's you can't you can't time the market. You just have to do it. Yeah. So that that was our kind of protection, you know, protection mechanism or whatever that we put in place for those houses is we made sure, you know, worst case scenario, if we can't if we can't um, sell them for what we want or um, or need to actually, um, would we be able to cover the the cost of mortgages with rents and we can so that's that's our fallback but yeah back to that original question no we don't we don't we don't try to time it we we try to keep abreast of what's going on but that's yeah the extent of it do you guys find when you when you approach a project you always have like an a plan a b plan and then a parachute plan absolutely (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I think you I think you have to, because, again, just like you were saying, real estate really is about putting out fires. And and like Cole just demonstrated with that last project. I mean, there's no way that we could have anticipated that we we did everything that any sort of reasonable person or reasonable investor would do. And we still ran into an issue. So and you'll always run into issues. There's always going to be one of our projects has gone perfect. Right. You'll there's always going to be issues. Yeah. So somebody out there is is thinking about uh you know getting into real estate investing and building a portfolio similar to what you guys have done. Do you have a resource like a favorite resource book or or um website or 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 podcast that you would recommend people people uh dive and can, head first and, and you can't say ours. We can't say yours. <laughs> that, that was Although a, that is um, a great start, Matt. <laughs> yeah. It it is, and I'm not I'm not just I'm not just saying that because we're talking to you guys. It it really is. Um, but aside from aside from your podcast, another one of our favorites is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Right, right. We're, um, we're big fans. That, those, well. those guys are great. We've we've been on their program, yeah. and they've been on ours. They're they're fantastic. There's another few blogs. Like Cole and I both follow a lot a lot of blogs. Um, one that I am a huge fan of is Investopedia. Um, it's not real estate centric. It it really well. It, it talks about investing and economics, and that's given me a really good um, broad understanding of how economics work and how that influence influences the real estate market. Um, so that's that's been instrumental for me. Uh, I wouldn't say blog or podcast, but I would just say watching what other people are doing. Like that's how we got into digging out these basements, lifting these houses is because we saw other other people doing it. Like it's look what's going on around your town and you're just modeling other people. Like we're not we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're we aren't the first people to do these projects. We're just saw what other people are doing and we're 
Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're copycats. Yeah, <laughs> the, the best, the best are. Yeah, stand on the shoulders yeah. of the giants, right? Is it, yeah. But what strikes me about what you guys are doing that's a little bit more um, unique, at least in my mind, is that you're not. It's not like you trained under somebody or, or mentored under somebody. It sounds like like digging out a basement is a fairly elaborate. Uh, What's the word lot, I'm looking for? I, I guess I guess you're trying to say a lot of people don't go and excavate. <laughs> yeah, like that seems... basements on their own, right? Yeah. So, uh, so you guys are you guys are willing to kind of go that extra mile from the sounds of things. Well, and surrounding yourself with the people that do know how to do it. Like I don't come. I come from an oil and gas background. I don't come from a construction background. Elizabeth doesn't come from a construction background. Like it's it's you have to surround yourself with those people that that do and that know how as long as you have the ideas there's people out there that have done it and will help you do it so that's huge and one of our carpenters that we use he's been a great help along the way and we still use him he's actually framing both our houses right now so yeah it's it's building that that team around you for (laughs) to figure out the pieces that you you can and I think a big piece to that too, and and it it really speaks to the strength of these relationships that you know a lot of a lot of what Cole has built. We're not standing on the sidelines um, necessarily telling. Well, I mean, we are telling people what to do, but I mean, we're we're also willing to get in the trenches and and work with them. So Cole, a lot now, especially that he's here full time working on this. Um, you know, he's he's at the job site pretty much nine to five every day. And he's in there with the carpenter doing the whatever grunt work is necessary. Um, and, and that goes a long way too. like the 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 trades. They really appreciate that. So it seems to me that we get a lot more help as a result of that, because people really appreciate the fact that we're willing to do the work as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd say that 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 goes a long a long way, and you know maybe it's not for everyone, but but especially at the point where you're starting out, you know that I think that would benefit anyone immensely, even just in in you know the learning uh, that it offers them that they can take forward to the next project. For sure, yeah. for sure, and and maybe just as a final question here, guys, what what's next? Like where where do you go from here? Well, um, our, our goal for next year, uh, so our, our goal this year was to build two new single family homes. And we more or less stumbled upon that in finding this property that had a duplex with two separate lots. So our next goal that we actually, we have a massive goal, goal board in our living room, actually. Um, <laughs> but our next goal written on, on that board is to build six new homes. And it, it's interesting that the way that that ended up being worded is it was just to build six new homes, not necessarily single family homes. And what Cole and I are really um, trying to track down right now is, is a piece of land that we could actually build townhomes on. Um, there's huge opportunity for that here in Victoria. There's a definite uh, middle segment of housing that is missing here. Uh, it's creating massive problems within the city because people are struggling to find to find housing. Um, so we see, you know, an opportunity there, um, both in just being, you know, good good developers and offering that um, up to to you know our, our local Victorians, um, and then you know, on the business side of things too, there's, there's tremendous, um, financial opportunity there too. So 
that's that's kind of the next next thing on the docket. We we hope to find that piece of property pretty pretty quick here. Wow, you guys are moving fast. It's impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, fast, fast, and, fast and furious. Exactly. Yeah, and- that's that's where that's where Elizabeth, this high strung person, comes into play. I I, I push things. <laughs> yeah, she she pushes pushes things, and then I I slow things down and put it into reality. So it, yeah. it works out really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, how can people find out more about what you guys are up to and uh, and and follow you if uh, if they want? Uh, multiple opportunities. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Expansion Properties. Uh, we also have a website expansionproperties.com. Um, our emails are pretty easy. It's just Cole at Expansion Properties or Elizabeth at expansionproperties.com. And on our Instagram and Facebook, we've been documenting for the most part our project so far, and we'll probably be doing that going forward, especially yeah. with these two new builds that we're doing. So and we're really, really open. I, I I very strongly encourage anyone, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We we strongly believe because we have been um, so supported by people around us sharing information with us. We we want the opportunity to offer that back. So if you have questions, do not hesitate to to reach out to us. That's fantastic. Well, thanks so much again for your time, guys. And we'll have to have you back on to talk about the townhome development. we'll give you three months yeah (laughs) put a little fire under there (laughs) not that it's needed but uh no i appreciate your time and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your day awesome thank you guys. guys so there you have it folks our discussion with elizabeth and cole from expansion properties super interesting conversation with elizabeth and cole and i like uh, those guys those guys got a lot of energy they do and the most one of the more fascinating parts of that interview is you did the entire thing in child's pose <laughs> partly because cobra. You're, it yeah. was cobra no, pose. partly because you're not mature enough to do adults <laughs> pose uh but uh no that was a fantastic interview and isn't it just i mean the nice thing about having people like elizabeth and cole is that it it kind of shows like they're they're regular people. These are not massive developers. These are ma and pa investors. They weren't types. born into it. Exactly. They they started with a pre-sale condo strategically. They made a little bit of money. They reinvested it into the market. And now, now, Matt, they are literally living out their dream as real estate investors. Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a really inspiring story and uh and i'm sure they're going to be growing over the years so hopefully we'll have them back on for sure and you can check out expansionproperties.com as well to learn more about them and uh matt well you're at it checking out stuff online you should probably check out vancouver real estate podcast.com you, you absolutely should over there we have things like our research tools such as pcs matt if you are not using private client services you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by you get sold prices days on market it's basically realtor level information it's at your fingertips, it's free, and it's the best research tool out there. If you are not using private client services to search Vancouver real estate, you are doing it wrong. We also have our mobile app. Augmented reality, Matt. Picture this. You are on your way to yoga for guys that can't do yoga. I've what also, it, I've also, by the way, joined uh, yoga for families as well, yeah. Is there, so I do wow. two yoga classes now. And Didn't you neither join a of them boxing are, gym as well in East Vancouver? I have. I'm really making, I should have saved all this for January, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'll well, be, uh, I'll be partying in January. No, it's, it's end of the year, new you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah this is, uh, good. you know what the thing is though about you and a boxing gym is, uh, 
Like, it's not really a boxing Did gym. you join as a heavy bag? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> starting to... I'm, I'm, you're definitely not... You're, you're, uh, yeah, it's... No, I'm, uh, I got nothing for you there. But uh, I'm watching people box as I walk on a treadmill. Is that basically what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually kind of amazing. Maybe they'll take you on as like a mascot or something. <laughs> okay, um, now we're getting too... too. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My workout habits aren't any better. But uh, what else do we got? We've got uh, outside of, yeah, augmented reality. This <laughs> yeah, is Picture this. this. <laughs> picture this. You're looking at a building. It looks appealing. You want to know if there's any condos in there. Point your phone. It's going to tell you what's listed in real time. It's amazing. Also gives you sold prices as well. It's a fantastic resource. Nice compliment, I would say, to private client services sure. for sure. So sign up for both those at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have that live wire. Live wire. Yeah, we've got an amazing email that goes out on a weekly basis. It's got deal of the month. It's also got tips and tricks for real estate buyers and stats. sellers. We're, we're really bumping up our stats we are. production here. Absolutely. So get on that list. And then finally, we really appreciate everybody reaching out and we love the reviews that, that you guys have been giving us. It's, it's what helps us grow this podcast. Uh, we're at 190 now. We'd love to hit 200 even before the end of the year. That would be amazing. So if you haven't reviewed us yet and you like what you hear here and you're, you're learning something, please head over and review us on iTunes and also follow us on uh, Instagram. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook and uh, feel free to get to, in touch. And Matt, how can people get in touch? Absolutely. Get in touch anyway, but you can call me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And you, Adam? Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have that non-partisan secrets cleaning line. Oh, I can't wait for this. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Is that your real voice? He's like the Michael Winslow of the podcast. He's, he's got a million voices. <laughs> no one's ever going to know. Yeah, but he's got the polite demeanor of Carl Winslow. <laughs> That's, so, so for everyone at home keeping track, Police Academy, Family Matters. <laughs> it's two of our favorites. Anyways, guys, have a great week. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games 
drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 